today's Leading Women episode 407 with the wonderful Candice Cook. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Podcast your passion. Yes, did you know you can podcast your passion, make a difference, and make money talking about what you love talking about? That's how I get to do what I'm doing, talking to wonderful women every day. Here are today's leading women. Want to learn how I did it? Go to podcastyourpassion.com. That's www.podcastyourpassion.com. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Candice S. Cook. Candice Cook Esquire is the managing partner of the law firm The Cook Law Group, PLLC. Candy Candice is also a published writer, noted philanthropist, and business strategist. Her success in finding creative business-oriented solutions resulted in her invitation to join the advisory committee of several startups, including music industry technology startup Blazetrack and fashion industry pioneer Fashion Advance. Women of the World, Ms. Candice Cook, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am delighted to have you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners are, are as well. So, Candice, I really love what you're doing with your business. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, the sweat equity, the knowledge and experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we we can talk about. Feel free to comment any time about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. Sounds great. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and idea behind a niche? Absolutely. Well, by training, I'm an attorney. So as you mentioned, I am the managing partner of the Cook Law Group, PLLC, and we're located in New York. And essentially, what we do is we bring together traditional law and business services that segue into the corporate, the technology, the startup, and the entertainment world. And our goal was to provide new, innovative, and essentially what was considered non-traditional business strategy for our clients. So what we found originally was that, and I'm sure the listeners are familiar with traditional law firms, there's a practice of billable hours. There's a practice of very set in stone or in our view, archaic ways of doing things. And more importantly, there was this segregation between business strategy and where the innovation of clients was sort of being cultivated and then going to the attorney. And our decision and goal was to change that model, to say that to have things living in a silo does not consistently make sense when you're working with a business attorney. And it also was focused on the idea charging clients by the hour 
really does not not only breed innovation and great communication if your client is always afraid that each conversation is going to result in a bill, but it also precludes them from really opening up and feeling that they can extrapolate on their plans. And so long story short, we decided that we wanted to create an institution where clients are able to see us as partners. They can come to us and and not partners in the legal sense, but partners in the business sense. And essentially to sort of understand that we're there to collaborate, we're there to appreciate and understand what they're looking to do and to aid them along the way, not just with contracts that we do that and we do them well, but also with ideas, introductions, synergies, moving their platforms further and not having them feel that our service was just for us to get paid, but really was more so to watch them grow and to watch them succeed. And it wasn't something that after years and years of practicing law, I saw as a normal part of our industry, as amazing as the legal industry is. Um, It was just something we needed to work on. And lastly, where we really were sort of missing that hook was the speed by which technology was starting to infiltrate not only the legal community, but the world as a whole. The law traditionally is behind the progress of man, and that's no different in office structure. And so what we wanted to do was bridge that gap and have an understanding of how startups work, you know, what happens when individuals don't start off with capital, uh, but still need a lot of great legal advice. You've got people who are creating great industries and businesses, and they may not have the cash flow. They shouldn't be precluded from having excellent legal support. And so we were here to do that and to show how important it was and to bring it together, the business, the strategy, and sort of do it for specific groups. So our groups are corporate technology, the startup world, and entertainment. And it's been amazing. Wow, I love how you are um, really energetic what you are providing out there and, and how this business came about, how this group and who are you serving, who are you focusing with. Great that you shared that one with us. That was so inspiring to hear uh, what your, your vision is, what your mission is to bridge that gap, to collaborate with your clients, to collaborate with the, with the people that you are working with. But what continues to inspire you doing this? I have to say, there is a hunger to see, not only within my industry, but just within the business industry as a whole, something more than what currently exists. You know, I really believe that industries are starting to come together and are are working in a collaborative sort of way. And so what inspires me to continue is seeing clients thrive breaking barriers that just quite frankly did not exist. You know, they're doing things that really is changing the landscape of how the world operates. And it sounds not only fictitious, but just, you know, I can appreciate people saying, well, what in the world are people doing? But when you've got people doing amazing product design and using things like kinetic energy to create energy and environments where people may not have electricity or changing the way intellectual property is viewed in the United States, it makes a tremendous difference because there's value in all of that. And it sort of breaks away 
this idea of a system where there are haves and have nots. These are things that are applicable to every member of our society. And so it's a beautiful thing to educate and create environments where people appreciate and value things like their intellectual property and they understand the power and ownership. Um, And they also understand that just because things are one way today, they have the power to change that. And it trickles down. It becomes very ingrained in cultures and communities. And our ability to see those changes and to aid people in doing their passion, which really is to make, even if it's in a small way, this world that we're all living in a better place, whether they're creating skincare products that don't have toxins or, you know, finding ways to get foods to communities that traditionally don't have organic foods. It's so small in one aspect, but can have such a large effect on other aspects in other aspects. And so it's really powerful that we're able to do that. And we find with each success, it allows us to do more for clients who are coming in out the gates and starting from scratch. And so we feel honored to be partners in these missions of individuals who really have a great view of how they're going to change the world. And we think it's our role as business people and as attorneys to help them to do that. Wow, what a compelling vision or inspiration that you just shared with us. I mean, partnering with the vision of your clients to change the world in whatever their passion is, whatever they are putting out there, helping them, aiding these people to do their passion and, and seeing them thrive. What an inspiration. I was so inspired. I can feel the passion in you while you were sharing that one with us. So great that you shared that one with us because that was so powerful. But let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this idea or that turned this inspiration into a reality. Can you share our listeners, what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? Absolutely. If I had to describe myself and and three personality traits or personal traits that I would say have assisted me in becoming a successful entrepreneur, I have to say the first thing is resilience. You have to be confident and comfortable with the fact that there will be stumbles along the way, some big, some small, and they are not there to deter you from the ultimate goal. You know, the success isn't just in getting to the goal. It's how many times you continue to fight to get there. And so resilience is critical. Uh, It's critical not only in life, but most definitely in business. Uh, Whether you're an attorney, whether you're a landscaper, whether you're a teacher, it's this willingness to come back and to keep going. And so I think that's number one, one of the most important things. The second truthful uh, description that some might argue probably isn't always the best thing in business, and in particular the law, but I found it to be Uh, beneficial is the fact that I am congenial. I think congeniality, you know, it's one of those terms that we almost laugh at. Uh, We think about the movie with Sandra Bullock, or we think about uh, characters who are very much so, for lack of a better word, silly in their depictions. I think of Elle Woods from the, the film about the lawyer with Reese Witherspoon. 
And they are definitely congenial, but they are played in such a way that it gives this idea of flakiness. And that's definitely not what I'm encouraging. But I am a firm believer in the idea that you catch more flies with honey. And there is a, a very bad display sometimes, not only in our corporate arenas, but our legal arenas, our business arenas, where we don't treat everyone we work with or who work the community of people and teams that work with us with the same level of respect. We tend to bifurcate them in some organizations. And I've never subscribed to that way of thinking. I think that every person on the team, regardless of the name or moniker affiliated with their job description is valuable, is important, and deserves to be treated with respect and with kindness. Uh, And because of that, I have found that in the most stickiest of circumstances, those same individuals who are sometimes, for lack of a better word, are ignored by higher upper management or Uh, leaders of organizations will rally behind you and they're the ones who aid you in getting things executed and you see their true value and why it's so important and why, you know, you're not giving respect because it's a nice thing to do, giving respect because these people have earned it. Uh, And so I I do think that a level of congeniality and, and just being respectful of the people that you work with, even when you're frustrated, even when things aren't going your way, is critical. Uh, a bad day is not a pass to be, to be a bad boss or to be a bad leader in your organization. So I think resilience first, congeniality second. And then last but most certainly not least is a strong aptitude. Uh, I'm a firm believer in constantly learning. I don't think we ever truly graduate. You know, we don't graduate out of life. We may graduate out of institutions from kindergarten to fifth grade to high school, in some instances, middle school, and then out of college. And for those who attend college or trade school or graduate school, whatever the case may be, you know, we feel like those are those final milestones. And I don't believe as a business person, particularly as an entrepreneur, you ever really reach a milestone. There's no graduation. There's always more to learn. And so not only are you learning, but you want to master it to a certain degree. And that comes from, again, that strong aptitude. And so I am blessed (laughs) to be able to appreciate a variety of industries and how they work and how things come together. And I do believe that that's been a key factor in my organization being able to thrive. But I believe that regardless of your organization and what you want to do as an entrepreneur, a willingness to learn and an aptitude to appreciate what you're learning and how that fits into what you're doing is critical. Resilience, congeniality, strong attitude to learning. Great personal qualities here that Candice just shared with us. And the good news is that we can all cultivate and adapt these uh, traits that Candice just beautifully described and shared with us. So thanks for sharing those. Really helpful and valuable. Now, let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as an entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And 
To get to those challenges takes a very special person and our audience wants to know that special person in you. So what have been your biggest challenges building your business and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? My goodness, I think that challenges are a daily, <laughs> a daily occurrence when you are an entrepreneur. And so the sooner we all embrace them, uh, we may not like them, but we have to embrace them and just know that they're, they're going to be there, the better off we all are. Uh, for me, the challenges that I truly faced was really learning how to navigate waters, you know, the waters of starting this hybrid organization that I honestly did not see in the marketplace without having a compass to follow. Traditionally, you're able to model yourself after someone or after an organization. But when you're creating something and there is no, quote unquote, this is how you do it, way of success, you end up having to make educated decisions. Uh, And for me, I found that the best way for me to overcome these challenges, and sometimes you don't overcome the challenges, you just push through them. And so I don't even want to necessarily say I overcame them, but I definitely pushed through them. And for me, it was trusting a hybrid of business models and identifying what I thought was amazing and remarkable about a variety of businesses. Some of them were, in fact, law firms. I know, you know, I created mine to be different, but I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. So where I saw things working and things that were of value that organizations were doing incredibly well, I certainly made the concerted effort to replicate that and just upgrade it, you know, make it 2.0. But then also businesses, corporations, things that they were doing well, things that they were doing in terms of training their employees and employee retention and client retention uh, and business development, which is 90% of what you're doing when you're creating a business. If you can't sell what you're doing, it's kind of more of a hobby. And so it was really sort of looking at these hybrid of models and recognizing throughout the challenge that, well, look, there are no people who have done this exact thing in this way before, you know, deciding when to scale, uh, how to identify critical mass, saying no to great business when it doesn't fit into my particular business at this time. There's, There's no model to replicate that within my particular industry, the way my organization has been set up, but there are people who have done it. And I'm going to just trust my gut and my instinct and my business discernment and allow myself some room to figure it out. And that can be frightening. It can be frustrating. Uh, It's a lot easier to do things with a roadmap than without, but life doesn't always give you roadmaps. And so that was a huge challenge was just navigating these waters without a compass Um, And the other challenge is appreciating that as you're developing your business and creating it, there are going to be times when you have to say no to some business, even if the the business seems amazing. Uh, We're so driven. We all want to eat. We all want to keep our lights on. Uh, But every great gig and opportunity is not always great for your particular business because it it can begin to be a distraction. And so the challenge was 
learning not to allow myself to get distracted because of amazing opportunities that may have been presenting themselves. And in some cases, maybe not amazing opportunities, but potentially lucrative opportunities. And those things aren't always what you should jump on if they're going to take you away from your final goal uh, and the final destination of your organization. And they will distract you from your purpose and your core and your reason for doing this. And so those were hurdles that I had to really assess and get used to navigating without the compass, uh, appreciating the best business model and learning when to say no, uh, not only in business, but also in surrounding business circumstances. And it sounds simplistic, but it definitely can take a toll uh, because all of those things truly do affect how you end up running your organization. And so you have to make those decisions, navigate those waters very carefully. And I found it to be challenging, but certainly not insurmountable. And I'm confident the listeners will be able to navigate their challenges as well. And yes, because of how what you've shared with us, how you're able to overcome these challenges, now our listeners can learn from how you're able to overcome these challenges so that when it happens to them, they know what to do. So great lessons, great takeaways in those challenges that you've shared with us that I'm sure we can all learn from. Now, let's switch gears for a little bit and talk about work-life balance. You oh, know, yeah. be- I know this is one of the areas that I'm sure a lot of us are challenged with, including myself. And, you know, being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with us entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create the work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business? Well, I love that you partitioned into those particular categories because I do think While I haven't mastered a work-life balance, I have mastered prioritizing buckets of life. And I believe that those categories you named are most assuredly the most important buckets of life. So for me, I think the first thing I had to do was learn to say no. Years ago, I was watching older women who were reflecting on their lives talk about what they wish they knew when they were younger. And I think younger for them was in their 30s and 40s, what they wish they knew back then. And they kept saying, I wish in my 30s and 40s, I had learned to say no. And I don't remember any of the other advice that they that they gave, but I remembered that and I held on to it. And so I believe in the power of the word no. I believe that we have a right to say no. I believe that we should say no. And sometimes learning to say no is saying yes to ourselves. So for me, you know, there's a saying that if you want something done, you give it to busy people. And I found that that's true. You know, we're all busy, but we find a way to get it done. Uh, However, because we as busy people are good at balancing our own lives and we become very well known for getting 
things done and for delivering, we tend to be called on by a plethora of other people to essentially help balance their lives as well. And that's where we have to draw the line. I truly believe that generosity is a virtue and our gifts are meant to be shared. So I'm, I'm certainly not suggesting that we adapt selfish mentalities, but as a virtue, there's something to be said for understanding that generosity is meant to be shared, but not abused. So when I sort of try and balance my work-life balance, I learn to say no, I listen to my gut, and I have had to distinguish between what is selfish and what is self-care and not allow everyone else's whims and desires to become the guidepost for what I do and how I spend my time. I lovingly give, I lovingly share, and I make it my business to consistently do for others. So in my heart, I'm able to know that I'm not a selfish person. And by knowing what my reasons are and knowing that I'm coming from a good place, I can say no. And when I do say it, I can do it guilt-free and say it without the concern of optics. So I think as entrepreneurs or people who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs, we have to recognize that we cannot do everything. And hey, maybe some people can. Maybe maybe some people can do everything, but you don't want to. You don't want to do everything. And I can't do everything and neither can the people who are asking me, which is why they're asking. Um, so I find a way to give a respectful no when it's necessary And recognize that life is really just a juggling act. And the goal is not to drop the balls. It's to keep them up in the air. And some days you'll do a better job than others. Uh, So Monday, one person may feel like they get the shaft. And then the second day, someone else. But we're all in it doing the best that we can. And the hope is that on another day, whoever probably didn't get all of your attention will feel that they've received a loving amount of attention. On the plus side, I think the good news is that we're even having this discussion. I think the fact that it's become fodder for conversation, that we are openly aware of the fact that we as entrepreneurs, particularly women entrepreneurs, are pulled in 8 million different directions. We really do balance and take ownership of so many different things. The fact that it's no longer a secret and we're not suffering in silence alone and it's out in the open and you don't have people hiding in exhaustion on heaps of laundry on the floor feeling like they have to do this all alone is a very positive thing. And if we do anything as women, it's to keep this conversation going and to go in there, help our sisters out uh, in life and business, not give the impression that it's perfect. It'll never be perfect. I think perfection and that hunt for perfection will drive us all crazy. It's really to appreciate that we will, our goal is to give it our all, to give it our best, to respect our best, and to know that if it falls short of perfection on one day, if we're blessed and we're fortunate, we'll wake up the next day and we can give it our go again. That's the goal. So we just give it our all, give it our best. None of us are going to have it perfectly mastered. We are all, whether we want to admit it or not, constantly under construction. And so we have to get used to that. So knowing that I'm under construction, I and that goes back to those amazing buckets you said with the health, the family, the relationships, and the business, 
I tend to visualize life like a jar. And I really look at those ideas of health, family, relationships, business to all be things I want to fit into a jar. And if you have, you know, the, the story goes, you have a jar and someone gives you marbles, sand, rocks, and they tell you, and water, and they tell you to put it all in the jar. Well, if you put the water in first, the marbles and the sand and the rocks aren't going to fit. The water is going to spill out. So we end up having to prioritize our health and our family based on the things that matter most that allow all of those things to fit in. You put the marbles in and then you put the rocks and then you put the sand and then you put the water and layer by layer, all of those things that couldn't fit in before can all fit based on how we prioritize. And so everyone's main priorities can be different and you know the story is different for different people. But I have found that the one consistency we all share is that health is probably the most important thing. Uh, we take it for granted. We want to put everyone else first. We want the business to be first or our family to be first or these uh, extraneous relationships to be first. But we don't get to appreciate any of it if we're not healthy. Uh, and so taking care of ourselves is difficult. I think I'm the worst with this because I, I really have to focus on it's a concerted effort to exercise and to, to watch what I eat and not drink 80 cups of coffee and, and, and such. Uh, but the reality is we do have to focus and, and make our health a priority. And then I just look at everything else in terms of what, what do I need to put next into the jar to make it work? And I sort of assess those layers, obviously for me, my family would be next. So health and family and then relationships and then business. Um, because I think business is important and it drives me. But at the end of the day, whether you work for someone else or you work for yourself, what matters is the legacy of those memories and the life you live with people. And so I value those relationships uh, the most. But I ascertain those relationships based on a community of, not with acquaintances, but definitely with friends and family. I have a dear friend, Sarah Elizabeth, and she said, you should surround yourself with the people who will celebrate you. And I think that's tremendously the most honest statement about the community that you surround yourself with. It doesn't mean that they'll tell you you're great when you're not. They shouldn't. But you want to be around people who value you and value your contribution to this world and this universe and make you feel loved. And I think and that you can do the same for. And I think in doing that, we're able to take all of that love and that energy and we're able to put it into everything else because our cup is full. And we can come to work excited. And if we have a bad day, we can get through it because we're able to see the bigger picture. And so I definitely believe in prioritizing uh, health first and then family. And the family, it doesn't necessarily have to be the people who are related to you. We can create our own families and our own community. But I truly encourage individuals to create those communities to surround themselves with people, not yes people, not you're great when you're not people, but people who celebrate you and value you and who you can do the same for in your life. Wow, I was so hooked into listening to every word that you just shared because you put it so 
well and in terms of this work-life balance that we can all learn from from what you've just shared and the bottom line is is learning to prioritize and i love the analogy that you just shared with us looking or visualizing your life as a jar which represents the buckets or your priorities in life what you need to fit it in there and making time for these priorities that are important to you and of course health is like what uh, Candice just shared with us is the foundation of of who we are because without our health we won't be able to enjoy or do this passion that we we are that we love to do so it's really important to take care of yourself first i am so big on this so you have to really consciously make time to take care of yourself physically emotionally and mentally so that you'll be able to enjoy what you're doing to be able to give which you cannot give what you don't have and also what kind of just shared with us to surround yourself with people who celebrate you wow that was the most beautiful phrase i've ever heard and it's true celebrate yourself with people who value who celebrate you who are positive who uplifts you who, who inspires you who supports you great tips here that candace just shared with us let's um, adopt them in our lives especially in terms of this work-life balance all right, Candice, let's talk about success and what success means to you. Your business appears to be financially doing quite well and with that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, we'd like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? And what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success? Well, I think what you said is 100% true. Uh, you know, you can have $10 and feel amazing and blessed and excited. And you can be a billionaire and essentially miserable and treating people miserably as well. So I, I definitely don't think that money equates to success. I believe for me, success varies based on the context in which I'm assessing it. So there are days where winning at work is a success. Uh, there are other days where giving a great presentation is a success. Obviously, yes, when your career is financially rewarding and you're bringing value into the world and you're able to allow yourself to give financially to causes and to people that matter through philanthropy and supporting causes that are of value to you. There is a success in that. Uh, but success monetarily can ebb and flow. So for me, it really depends on the context. I think for me right now and, and currently, being successful and feeling successful is to feel right about what has happened throughout a day, a week, a month, or sometimes even a year, whether it's regarding family or work or philanthropy, whatever it is, it needs to feel like it's come from a good place. And if the seed is planted internally from a good place, then I honestly feel that what it breathes will be a success. So the job for me of maintaining a feeling of feeling successful is really in appreciating all of the layers of success, the big and the small. So sometimes it's just making it through a day, 
uh, and and when you've had a hard day, that's that's a huge feeling of success. You're just glad to have made it. Uh, there are other days where the benchmark is a lot higher, but I really believe that we have to celebrate the little wins as much as we celebrate the big wins and as much as we cheer for the huge ones, because this is all a journey. And so the only way we really learn to love and appreciate and embrace our journey, regardless of how difficult it may be, is to cheer for ourselves, even when we're having a small win. Um, And so I try and do that. I try and be my own cheerleader and not need or require someone else to sort of cheer on my behalf. And I celebrate the little wins. And if, you know, for some people who are balancing so much and doing so much, not only in their own lives, but for others, and I know a lot of people that way who do what I do, but they do it with cancer or lupus and various other ailments, MS, that make the everyday average hurdle that I take for granted incredibly difficult. And yet they're able to do it with grace. But on other days, success for them is just getting out of the bed and still being able to make breakfast for their kids. And I think that is a successful day. And so I honestly believe that success ebbs and flows. It really depends on the context. Uh, But I value and cheer and feel grateful for every little win, as tiny as it may be, because I know that each win is a hard one win. You know, we're not doing this the easy way. We're working. Sometimes it looks easy. I think people take for granted how easy it is. If it were that easy, they'd all be doing it. Um, It's not easy. It's hard work. It's hard work, and it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And each little tiny milestone is worthy and deserving of your own cheer, even if it's a quiet one. And so for me, success is really just appreciating those little milestones, those little benchmarks of a win, regardless of what it is, and embracing it. And then moving on, not dwelling on it, not spending so much time on it that you get distracted patting yourself on the back or patting myself on the back that I I can't move forward but enough to give myself the refuel to keep going. And so success for me is the balance between the celebration and the work and keeping it going. Wow, what a great perspective you have here on success. Success is about appreciating all the layers of success, big or small. Success is about appreciating the balance between success and work. What a great perspective. I was so inspired with the way you articulated it and the way you shared us the benchmarks of success, of what success is to you. Great perspective there. Now, last but not least, I'd love for us to touch on one of the highlights of our show, and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be, especially to those who want to follow your footsteps. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience, so take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur, and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learned would you give your fellow entrepreneurs, knowing where you came from and where you headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? 
My first, and I think we've really touched on a few of them. My first bit of advice is to not allow fear to paralyze you. I think we can, I think fear is a wonderful indicator that you should be alert. You should be on guard. It sort of puts all your sensors up, but I don't think that it should paralyze you. We don't want to be paralyzed with fear. We want to be motivated. We want to be inspired. We want to be in some cases angered. We want to be called into action, not inaction. And so the important thing is to recognize that it is natural to be afraid. Uh, It is normal. It is it's if you're not afraid as a business person in terms of keeping payroll and keeping your lights on, then then you're lucky. <laughs> you're tremendously lucky. But I think for a lot of us, you know, there is a fear you want to find the success we talked about. So not allowing fear to paralyze you is definitely something that I think is important. The second thing I highly advise, and I talked about that a little bit previously, was don't wait for everyone to cheer you on. I think there's this expectation that you will have everyone understanding your vision and everyone seeing where you're going with it and everyone will root for you and everyone's going to support and they're all going to pay on your Indiegogo or Kickstarter campaign. And it's just not always going to happen that way. And you shouldn't wait for them. Uh, Everyone is not your type of visionary. They don't have to see the vision. It's not their vision. And so don't get upset or frustrated if they're not cheering. And also don't look for it. The goal is to be cheering for yourself. And you should be cheering so loud you would have drowned out any additional cheerleaders anyway. Uh, But these are your goals. This is your life. This is your vision. It's your business. You're the entrepreneur. And so you're the voice that matters. And that's the voice you have to key into and listen to and find solace in. And then... You also, and we talked about this too, I think the last thing is never stop learning. I I highly fear and and become concerned when people deem themselves experts in of anything. Uh, we may be knowledgeable, but experts not so much. We're constantly learning. Industries are constantly changing. So we have to embrace and welcome learning new things, learning about new cultures, valuing education beyond our previous academic achievements. Entrepreneurship and business in general is all about understanding that you adapt or die. So you have to learn to be nimble and you have to get comfortable with change. Uh, It doesn't mean you have to like change, but you have to learn to live with it. And those are the things that will keep you going because when they happen and you're resilient, which we talked about earlier, you'll be able to bounce back. You'll be nimble enough to adapt. You'll be educated enough to make decisions that are based on sound reasoning. And other times you will make decisions based on the sound of your gut and both are right. And so learning to listen and hone in on that and trust it. And I I truly believe those are sort of the the keystones 
to succeeding and moving forward in business as an entrepreneur. Wow, golden nuggets in what you just shared with us. So let me just summarize them again for our listeners. So the first one is to not allow fear to paralyze you. Instead, be motivated and called into action. Beautifully and well said. The second one is to not wait for everyone to cheer you. I usually, I often say that be your own cheerleader. And the third one is to never stop learning. I cannot stress this enough. Keep learning because as they say, once you stop learning, you stop growing. And there's no, uh, it's not happy to stop growing because that means you're stagnant. So great tips here that uh, Candace just shared with us. So let's take action on them today. Lastly, um, Candace, I'd love for, uh, for you to share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service, where they can get it, and what's the best way that our listeners can connect with you. And then we'll end from there. Sounds great. Well, I want to say first, I have a Twitter handle, so they can always connect with me on Twitter. I would love for the community to grow and to involve and be engaged with these amazing listeners who are focused on entrepreneurship. My Twitter handle is at C-A-N-D-I-C-E-S-C-1. So that's at Candice S-C-1. And I hope that the communities sort of can join in. And always, I love the hashtag women rock, because I think sometimes writing it and seeing and write, seeing it in writing, even when it's just on Twitter, reemphasizes how amazing we are and how these little tiny milestones and moments truly do matter. And women do rock and entrepreneurs rock. And so I invite them to join us at Candace SC1. Uh, the biggest benefit that the listeners can receive from the Cook Law Group, PLLC, is a hybrid of professional guidance. Uh, and it's sort of relating to everything we touched on. It's law, it's technology, and it's business strategy. And what we can do if they are interested in getting in touch with us, our website is HTTP, or, or even, you know, you don't have to put that in. I can give you just the address. It's keikoglobalinc.com. And I know it's a little bit difficult to spell out uh, when you just hear it. So it's C-A-C-O-G-L-O-B-A-L-I-N-C.com. Again, that's C-A-C-O-G-L-O-B-A-L-I-N-C.com. And if they let me know that they found out about the firm through this amazing podcast, um, what we'll do is we'll offer a reduced rate consultations through June 1st, uh, schedule permitting, and we'll allow individuals interested in scheduling the consultation to receive a special discounted rate as they plan their business. Um, and we'll help them sort of get a, a strategy together. Uh, so if they're interested, they can call the firm through the website, let them know that they found out from Marie Graceberg and, uh, We'll be running that through June 1st. So we hope that individuals who are interested in business strategy, et cetera, feel comfortable enough to allow us to give our, our nuggets one-on-one if they're interested. 
Wow, what a generous offer that you have with us there, Candice. Um, I highly encourage you, our listeners, to go there now, ca-coglobalinc.com or reach out to Candice via her Twitter handle at CandiceSC1. I'll make sure to have this on our show notes. Take advantage of the reduced rate that Candice and her company is giving us, for you, our beloved Today's Leading Women listeners, up until June 1st. So take advantage of this by going to ca-coglobalinc.com or reaching out to Candice at CandiceSC1. That's her Twitter handle. And by the way, I'll make sure to have this on our show notes. Um, the links and the resources that we have just shared on Today's Leading Women, they're all going to be available on the show notes as well. Again, that link is ca-coglobalinc.com and reach out to Candice via her Twitter handle at CandiceSC1. Candice, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story and your expertise for being a role model to many and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it and welcome and value this inclusion. Thank you very much. All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two. Click the rate and review button. Step number three, say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four, type in the name of your favorite today's Leading Woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as TLW Fan of the Day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Oh, 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 oh